Are you ready? Welcome everybody to Wrestling with the War! Everybody, it is PC back with another episode of Wrestling with the War, and uh, this week I've got a special guest, as mentioned on my last episode. It is the man known as Pretty Kyle from oh, the please. Apron Bump Podcast. <laughs> I can't Kyle, escape that. How you doing, my friend? You're here for the Royal Rumble 1996. Are you uh, excited? Well, I was doing great until you made me watch the show. Now I'm less <laughs> than great, but uh, I'm happy to be here with you. Uh, not British Columbia. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm ready to eat some poutine and uh, shoot some moose or whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. you do. Yeah, it's uh, it's that we'll go skating on the canal, you know, we'll, right? Uh, we'll probably go beaver pelt hunting, stuff like that, you know, all that good oh, stuff. Oh, I see. Play some yeah. hockey, yeah. play some hockey. Yeah. Actually, you know, ironically enough, lacrosse is our national sport, if you can believe it. Really, yeah, I. I didn't know you guys knew about lacrosse yet. I thought that was our, <laughs> our little secret. <laughs> yep, that's our national sport, but it's uh but everybody thinks it's hockey, but we really if you're Canadian, it's hockey. We just what do they just play lacrosse out in the in the wilderness of Canada? Like well, uh, it was like field hockey, you know, that type of thing, right? Back in the day. So yeah. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess. And then they invented skates and it was all said and done. They're like, you know what? What should we do with all this snow and ice? We should probably do mm. some kind of sport. Might yeah. as well. Where you where you guys stand on curling? Is curling a Canadian thing? It is. I, I think technically it was ve- invented in like Scotland or something like that. But it's definitely a Canadian thing. It's definitely mm. dominated by Canada as far as most of the uh, tournaments right, that go on. <laughs> S- sounded <laughs> hey, like a threat. We need something to brag about. You, you know, stay off my curling much. court. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, I, I come from a big curling family, so uh, my parents were big curlers. Obviously. So you know, we have to watch all the events that go on and stuff like that. So it's a good time all the time, you know. It's it's a blast. I mean, I, I see it sometimes if I'm at a bar or something. I don't know what the hell's going on, but uh, <laughs> boy, howdy, they look like they're having a good time. So I'm happy for it. A lot of screaming, a lot of sweeping, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hurry hard, hurry hard's a popular one, right? Can we just talk about curling this podcast instead of the stupid ass show? I think we should do a curling podcast at some point. I think, that, you know, it can't be many competition there. Right. Wrestling with the brooms or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll workshop it. Wrestling with the rocks, you know, I mean, there we go. play on the rock, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. It's going to be my fourth venture. I think is what we'll do. <laughs> there you go. That's how you diversify. <laughs> I'll get my parents involved. It'll be a family affair. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> I don't know where in the Venn diagram, like wrestling and curling. I don't know what the intersection's like, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's some crossover appeal. Well, you know, they, we had the goon at this time, so I'm surprised we didn't have a curler. That's a great point. Never mm. too late. It's never mm. too late. All it takes is for someone when they're talking to McMahon on the interview to say, hey, <laughs> what'd you do in your past life? Well, I used to curl when I was a kid. Aha, you're the curler. <laughs> <Talk to> your <laughs> pal. <laughs> I just got to think it's bodybuilding, though. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Have you have you ever tried curling? No, I wouldn't even know where to go to curl. You I'm, should try it. 
you should try it. It's fun. It's a it's a very social sport. So mm-hmm. the best part about curling is the winning team has to buy the losing team drinks after the game is over. So that's I a see. that's a rule. So you know you don't mind if you suck and you lose. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've been shuffleboarding, which sa- seems yes. kind of similar. Mm-hmm. It's like a little little rock. Is that a rock? Yeah. Is that what's called? Yeah, they they call it like a a rock. Yeah, a puck, a big mm-hmm. puck. Mm-hmm. With the salted table, all that good stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'll show you a salted table. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But... I love it though. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds dirty. <laughs> I mean, with it's... how the show starts, you know, that's kind of what the that's kind of the mentality you got to be in. <laughs> all right. Well, before we get go- going, I'm going to steal a, a line from my good friend Ted the Hillbilly Heel and say that nobody likes to listen to the end of the podcast. So that's why I'd like to get you to do your. Uh, your intro, talk about all your social medias, where people can find you, because you do have a fantastic podcast. I've been a guest on it before, and I I really do enjoy it. So I want you to pimp that out there, and I hope all the listeners go and follow you. So let us know where we can get get a hold of you. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me, first of all. But yes, the uh, the Apron Bump podcast, I cover lots of retro wrestling. So if you like wrestling with the war, of course, you'll like what I do too. I cover a bunch of different companies, um, the Monday Night Wars, as well as like TNA, the Golden Eras of TNA, Ring of Honor. I cover some uh, progress wrestling. I'm all over the board. So if you're into retro wrestling or maybe if you want to hear about something new that maybe you haven't heard about before, uh, go check out the Apron Bump podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, YouTube, ApronBump.com will take you wherever you need to go. Apron Bump and all the social medias, MySpace, Omegle, all those things. So. Yeah, how's, that, how's your MySpace account going? Anyways, I was thinking of venturing over to there. Yeah, I just kicked you off the top eight, but uh, maybe after this, you'll work your way back up. <laughs> so, this is how it is, man. You know, it's crazy that uh, was a thing. You're I know. ranking your friends. <laughs> I, know. I like you. Not as much as Roger, though. And the best part is you can manipulate them and like, oh, you know, you might be number eight, but I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> you got in a fight with them one day. You're like, well, this motherfucker's number seven now. What's in it for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're we're doing a great job of avoiding the, the main topic here, which is Royal Rumble 96. But yeah. I guess we should delve into it. And um, I think the nice advantages is where you do a lot of retro podcasts, too, is that you have a familiarity with this time period. So you kind of. Yeah know what's going on here and and um i think you mentioned that you had listened to my my last episode and i was talking about how it seems like you know god 1995 was just a dog's breakfast as far as wrestling is concerned <laughs> i <laughs> love that phrase i'm stealing it <laughs> especially for wwf i mean it was just mm. brutal and then like literally they didn't have a christmas episode the the last we heard of WWF. They were up against the whole Medusa incident with the dump of the title in the trash. Jan one comes around and all of a sudden McMahon's like, all right, gloves are off. Let's go. And he's doing billionaire Ted's rest some more room. He's got Vince Russo on TV. We got a little bit of crash TV. Gold dust is just off the, off the, mm-hmm. the chain as far as his stuff. It's like, it's a whole different product. We got Sonny in the bathtub, Sonny on a pool table. Sonny and McMahon's bed, probably, but uh, yeah, lots of probably. stuff going on. But do you, as far as yourself, do you remember back to that time and feeling like the same way? Like just all of a sudden, it's like, wow, just we've decided to turn a turn a knob up or something like that. 
Yeah. I mean, 95, I mean, this is before, cause I was born in 93. So right. I wasn't watching live at the time, Yeah, but uh, I mean, like you said, I've, I've been recently rewatching and, and in the timeline where I'm at in my podcast, I'm a little bit ahead. I'm just after WrestleMania, yeah. um, but still relatively in this time period. But yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean, 95 and 94, especially too, oh, just yeah. nothing going on. I mean, cause I'm covering WCW and WWF just like you are. I also yep. covered w, uh, ECW. Right. No, no one has anything. Good. Well, not say no, there's not anything good, but there is mm. just so little quality in wrestling at all. And yep. I would even like, I did listen to your last episode and I think you're a little kinder to WCW than I <laughs> am. I think WWF had the edge on WCW in 95 from what I remember, but that's like, you know, uh, the this shit's better than this shit. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's all the same thing. It's all bad, but maybe it's just I grew up with WWF, so it's yeah. more what I'm accustomed to. WCW has a different feel, a different style to it, which is just, like it's foreign to me. So, yeah. But um, yeah, '96. I, I, I guess it was when Nitro started is really when this all kind of began to come to a head because you had a weekly basis. I mean, WCW, Eric Bischoff. I mean, they're going in. Yes. On uh, on everything, w, the the World Whining Federation, as they would call them, um, giving away the results, as you yep. mentioned. I mean, it was just uh, it, it was weirdly aggressive. <laughs> I mean, it was very very like, aggressive. Did Vince kick Eric Bischoff's dog, and we're just not aware <laughs> of it? Like, geez, I mean, I guess it worked kind of for a while, but yeah, um, yeah ninety six, like you said, it's, it's just a different tone. I mean. The mm -hmm. Rawls feel more meaningful. I yes. would say, I mean, nothing, not everything's good, but mm -hmm. it definitely feels like, because for a while, Raw, I mean, really from its inception up, up until 96, it was just like squash matches. It was little vignettes here and there, but you can get by not watching Raw and just watching yep. the pay-per-views. But now it's starting to feel like, okay, there's like episodic, there's like storyline progression on the TV show and WCW as well. But yeah, it's the 96 is definitely kicking it in high gear. It, it, it's not good auto, like right out the gate, as yeah. we'll talk about, but yeah. you could definitely see different a different tone to it. That's that's a great point that you make too in, in regards to the Raws in 95. It it felt like literally all of 95 was centered around Shawn Michaels and a little bit of diesel sprinkled in there. And mm -hmm. then if you like you say, if you weren't following Raw, you would then go to the pay-per-view and all of a sudden Razor Ramon and Bret Hart would steal the show each pay-per-view yeah. and they, and they'd save the pay-per-view basically is what they would do as, as far as being decent. And then, mm -hmm. uh, and then they go right back to Sean and throughout like 95 was a year of Sean, as far as drama goes, 96 becomes a year of uh, Sean, as far as the wrestling part goes, but yeah. And yeah, I think myself and Jay mentioned like we're, when we're saying that, WCW has been better in 95. We're talking about from the beginning of Nitro on. We know 95 earlier was just absolutely horrible. With oh, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh The uncensored pay-per-view and all that stuff that was going on. And and then, and it's funny how it goes. WWF was putting on a terrible product on TV, yet their pay-per-views were okay. Like, you know, mm -hmm. they weren't, they weren't fantastic, but they were, they, at least you got some good stuff. WCW would put on some fantastic TV, and then it seems like the pay-per-view would just get it would just be a disappointment as far as they try to jam too much into the pay-per-view or something. And mm -hmm. you got monster trucks on Kobo Hall and Giants die and stuff like right. that, right? Or the the neck twist of doom, as I called it there, as far oh as the God. ball brawls. So it's it's interesting how it goes, but yeah, like as I mentioned in 
the previous episode it's like i just don't know why um bischoff just didn't leave sleeping dogs legs it just felt like mcmahon was just asleep at the wheel for most of the first uh-huh. couple of months of the war and then when bischoff started uh revealing the results and things like that that's when it was like okay he woke him up and uh not a good move yeah it wasn't a gradual wake-up either it was, no I mean, it was asleep and then billionaire ted it was just right to it yeah look these guys they do steroids they're old they're boring <laughs> right no, no nuance it's just there it is yeah yeah uh, and, man. And, I, and i'll admit too looking back on it now uh we're looking with a different eye and we're looking at it mm-hmm. man we're getting to see savage hogan flair earn in a tag team match but at the time, probably watching, you're like, geez, man, these guys feel like they've been around forever and this is getting a bit tired, right? You know, mm-hmm. versus now you're like, oh, man, like, can you believe they had that kind of roster? Whereas on the WWF side, you got all these young guys that are they're just trying to make a name for themselves. So I can see how we're kind of looking at it with a bit of, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, what rose-colored glasses, I guess you would call it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this whole Royal Rumble fiasco <laughs> as we get onto it. It and is a fiasco. Said, yes. Yeah. 1996, the year of Sean, I think I'll call it because it really does become that way. Although, again, Mr. Hart comes in and saves it at the end, but we'll talk about that in a few mm-hmm. months. But we start off, It's it, we're in Fresno, California. And what's interesting right here is because just in one year's time, we're going to be at the Alamo Dome. And I forget what the attendance was for that. It was like around 40 thousand but this show has got 9600 fans which doesn't sound like a lot for wwf but at the time they were only getting about four thousand people yeah, at a, at a show yeah so not bad it's starting to go up a little bit uh i guess apparently in the pre-show we had a match between triple h and duke the dumpster drozzy and the stipulation was the winner gets the number 30 spot the loser has to win at number one so of course duke the dumpster drozzy gets the win <laughs> to oh, start yeah. things off the trash man <laughs> no yeah it's nothing better than having a sweet spot where you ruin the surprise of the last entrance <laughs> but then you just not only ruin it then you put just an absolute dud of a last entrance in there too who uh, i'm trying to think and i agree with you but like who would have been out of the people that were in the rumble would there have been like a satisfying number 30 maybe sh- sh- not, you can't i'm thinking shot. vader what about vader Ooh, yeah you know what That's he just comes call, in and clears house for a little while and then they do their whole thing but yeah yeah, you can really just do the exact same thing just, ha- yeah. just at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. That's the only thing I could think of. But yeah, you're right. There's it's, there's not too many big surprises there. Dory Funk Jr., maybe he could have been number 30. He could have been number not in it, but you know. <laughs> That's different. Uh, and just right off the get-go to show that WWF has decided we're changing course here and we're going to go move towards the Attitude Era. Right off the get-go, we have Sonny in a bathtub. Uh, giving us a warning about uh, the discretion is advised for this show. And I mean, it's like, I don't know. McMahon's looked around and was like, hey, you, you, you look good. Get in a bathtub. <laughs> there, were, there, there were several of these, right, throughout the show? Yeah. Or were they, okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if they were on Raw or what, but yeah. Well, was... there were some on Raw, and I think there was a couple during the show, yeah. She's a, she's a hot tomato, this Sutter. <laughs> she was. I don't know what it is, but, you know, I never was a massive Sunny guy back in the day. I don't know why. Just um, I, she she has kind of a uh, like a girl next door appeal about her. Like she's not yeah. like a uh, how do I put this nicely, like like a like Sable's kind of um, a vixen like she, or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. She, she seems wet. You know what I mean? Like not <laughs> not in the good like Ahmed Johnson wet. Like it's just like slimy. 
you know, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know what? You've picked right up. That's a great segue because you know what our first <laughs> our first match is going to be the slimy Ahmed Johnson. There he <laughs> is. Not before we get Mr. We realize we get Mr. Perfect on commentary. And I, at first when I was watching this, I'm like, ooh, is this because of some of the things King was saying on the previous episode about Goldust? Maybe they said, let's cool King down a little bit. But it was actually because he was on, he was in the Royal Rumble match itself. But mm-hmm. he's done double duty before where he's been at the table and stuff. But he kind of said a couple of offside things that you wouldn't be getting away with <laughs> these days. Was that the... Because I know at one point he was using like slurs. Yeah. Was that this occurrence? Yes. Okay. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. I think mm-hmm. they took that off of Peacock. Because uh, I've, it was, was on Peacock. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I must have missed it. Because yeah. I remember seeing a clip of it back in the day, but I couldn't remember. In my, in my mind, I've been just not paying attention. But I yeah. will say this. This wasn't the most severe slur. This wasn't the F word sl- slur. Oh, no, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. There was different ones that he used there. Oh. But yeah. Mm-hmm. All over the book. He's diverse with the slurs. Like, yeah. He's. Bit. He's famous for that. He uh, he used that with uh, Jimmy Valiant back in the day, uh, back in Memphis on TV. That was he yeah. let go a couple I mean, of those. And... You know, back in the day. I mean, <laughs> my, my mom was one, too, you know, yeah, she was exactly. acting up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we open the match, or sorry, we open the show off with uh, Jeff Jarrett, Double J, versus Ahmed Johnson. I got to ask you this question because, you know, as I said, my buddy Ted the Hillbilly Heel, he's a massive Jeff Jarrett fan. Feels mm. like he's the best heel in wrestling right now, a heat getter. And I admit the guy does get heat. Myself, I couldn't stand Jeff Jarrett back at this time period. His stupid suspenders, the whole <laughs> gimmick with the country song. The only, I did like the country song, actually. That was a catchy tune. But other than that, mm-hmm. but it just even when he went to TNA, he drove me crazy. WCW. But were you a Jeff Jarrett fan, or did you get him, or what was your thoughts on him? Yeah, growing up, I couldn't care less about Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. I didn't like him. He was very much just the indifference you know i mean i'll fast forward if i can when he's on screen yes. as i've gotten older I, I will say this i enjoyed most of the stuff he did in tna yeah. um maybe not at the time but again like i'm rewatching a lot of that stuff and yes. I, I enjoy a lot of the stuff that he does it's like stupid it's very russo it's very late wcw type stuff but it's usually entertaining and um the later tna stuff with like kurt angle was good and i would even say it's you know stuff in a dot like the fact that he's still going at a pretty high level i think that he's great shape so he I mean, is yeah mm-hmm. he's not the worst thing on aw nowadays yeah. so that's something but uh yeah at this point though jeff jared i mean i didn't really yeah he, he was fun with the uh with my baby tonight stuff mm-hmm. and his match with Shawn michaels in your house too was great but otherwise yeah this time period i don't really not really into him super much I think this gimmick would have fit better in WCW at the time as opposed to WWF because it just seems so weird to have yeah. the country guy on there, right? Yeah, but I guess if he's a heel and they, they it, want to portray Southerners as the, the worst kind of people, that may make sense. Yeah, a well-known country star, the worst person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was his, his nickname, right? I will say this about Jarrett and something I appreciate about him. He has always been deceivingly jacked. I mean, he looked pretty massive in that ring yeah. for, for this match. I mean, he's up there with Ahmed, who's just a, a beast in there. I mean, I'm not, I never was a big Ahmed Johnson fan. I just never got him. You know, he right. just, um, and he was sloppy and he no sold and couldn't talk and all that stuff. You know, all yeah. the things we, we prefer in a wrestler to be, but uh, I get it. The fans, you know, he was different. That's one thing I will say. He was different for the time, but you know, 
I wasn't a big Ahmed Johnson yourself. What was, what was your thoughts on that guy? I like Ahmed Johnson. I mean, uh, this is kind of my first exposure to him, honestly, because mm. he, he, by the time I got into wrestling, he was already gone. But yeah. um, I like I, he's he has the same kind of appeal that Sid does for me, where it's just a mess, but it's yeah. like a beautiful disaster. And I, like Ahmed's kind of like a more explosive vers- version of Sid, in my opinion. He's more like you said, he can't talk. But yeah. I love listening to him try to talk. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it kind of so bad it's good kind of thing. But he's also, I mean, he looks like a star. Nobody mm. looks like him in mm. the company at this point. Nobody so. does. He is. Di- that's what I mean. He is different. Um, yeah. My favorite Ama Johnson promo thing is the time when he was battling Farouk. And uh, I don't know, he chased Farouk up into the stands and he's standing in the middle of the ring. He's trying to get a you're going down chant going, but you can't understand. The fans couldn't even understand what he was saying. It's just like, down. you're good. Dad. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the crowd wouldn't get into the, uh, wouldn't get into the chant because they're like, I- I'm sorry, Ahmed, but I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm sure if they knew they would get behind him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get some subtitles. Um, not much of a match. It's a quickie uh, in this one. The big point of this is the fact that um, Jared get, grabs a guitar, comes off the top rope, and absolutely lambasted Ahmed Ooh. with it. And at first, I thought Ahmed was going to no sold it because he just kind of stood there, and then he did the old school oh. junkyard dog top, toppling <laughs> like a tree. So that was yeah. pretty cool. But uh, didn't sell it for long. He was back up on his feet and chasing Mr. Jared down oh. the hallway. And I think like later in the show, they were like, Ahmed's at a local medical facility. It was like, well, he seemed pretty fine to me. He was right back up. <laughs> he was knocked out for three seconds. They had some weird interactions during this feud. I mean, right from the get go. Oh, and yeah. uh, uh, when Jared jumped him with that gold record and I don't know, he ended up spanking him with Dean Douglas's wooden paddle and like Ahmed just lost his mind. <laughs> He's not, yeah. Not- he like, there wasn't at the time where like, uh, Ahmed like chased him down the aisleway with yep. a chair, but he was running yes. faster than Jared. So they yes. had to like work like impromptu brawl a little. It was, pretty, it was yep. very awkward for sure. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, for sure. Just, mm. I don't think Ahmed got the kayfabe part of it. I think he did think it got a little real. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a little, he's, he has a little Brock Lesnar in him where he's a little yeah. rough around the edges. <laughs> oh my. So from there we go backstage to uh, my favorite guy and all the, the commentary duo Todd Pettengill. Uh, oh. He's there with, oh, yeah, that's that's a collective uh, sound that the audience makes with that guy. But uh, <laughs> he's backstage with Diesel and um, old Diesel doing his uh, his promos with his goofy faces and his cool dad faces. And uh, I don't know. I just, uh, it's funny. I, I put up on YouTube today one of our older episodes and me and Jay were talking and it was the two dudes with attitudes era. And uh, we were talking about diesel mm-hmm. and that's the exact same thing that we said. Like, he just seems like he's like cool dad guy. Like he's, he's just making these weird jokes that just aren't hitting and he's doing his funny faces and he's supposed to be a heel, but he's not. And yeah. This is the product of when like you, you have a group of friends that all like have the same sense of humor, but like nobody else thinks they're funny. <laughs> so exactly. I'm sure it would have popped triple H and Sean, if they're all like around each other, but that's what I do. I do enjoy Diesel, like in the tail end of his run here, because he kind yes. of drops the whole. Because when he came in, didn't he have like a kind of a Shit. razor Ramon? He had like an accent. And he like Abdul or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or something. But it's now like, he's just yeah, like, like a Brooklyn thing or something. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But now he's just Kevin Nash with yeah. the Diesel attire, basically. Yeah. I, th- I think he's pretty entertaining here. I think pretty much right after the Rumble, these last few months of his run are probably his best point in WWF. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, his, the whole thing with the Undertaker, the whole feud yes. and the match mm-hmm. was chef's yeah. kiss. 
And then yeah. him and Sean have that great match as well. At the, I think it's at In Your House, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm right watching before. that tonight. Oh, nice. There you go. For, yeah. for my own pod. I think you're in for a treat for that one. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yep. Uh, okay, so then we go to a tag team title match, and it's the Body Donnas versus the Smoking Guns. So, mm. and again, there's a lot of focus on Sonny on this one. They're really playing up Sonny, but uh, for me, I'll, I'll ask your opinion. But I thought it was a pretty decent match, and it was one time that the Body Donnas actually seemed to be taken a bit seriously. They dominated a lot of this match. Yeah, no, I actually enjoyed this match a good deal more than I thought I would. I thought with tag team wrestling. I mean, it's very easy for it to devolve into just like a series of singles matches. Yeah. But this match felt like two teams working together. You had the double team moves. You had yes. like distraction. People... Yeah, exactly. So it felt like a, di- a dynamic tag team match and really good for the time. But um, I feel like it feels like Sonny was <laughs> the star or at least designed to be the star of the show here. But no, I thought these guys worked well together. Yeah, they did. Uh, I honestly, I, I was trying to remember because I, I try not to spoil myself for these because it's going to affect how I look at it. But mm-hmm. I was trying to remember back if this is where the body Donnas get the titles or not. But it, it was the guns retained in this match. But uh, what was really impressive to me is you could see. So this is the the introduction of, of Tom Pritchard as Zip. And you could see him right. really calling that match in there. And he was really directing um, Candido and doing a great job of it, by the way. Like some of the stuff they did was really good cohesion and uh, mm-hmm. just it was just an old school Southern tag team wrestling match, which there's nothing wrong with that on, a, on an event. Yeah, that makes me laugh. Vince on commentary, he keeps forgetting what Zip's name is. Yeah. He keeps calling him like, like, uh, flip. Skip. Him flip. Flip, flip, flip is what he keeps calling him. <laughs> like, which one's, oh, oh, is that Skip? Is that Flip? I, I don't know. Wow. You know, you know how he sounds. I uh, actually flip probably would have been a better name for him. I don't know why they just didn't zip. Is so stupid. literally anything is yeah. a better name than zip. <laughs> Mike, just be Mike the body. Donner, How long so. do you think they thought about? Ah, oh, okay, we got Skip. We'll just partner name. Ah, zip. That sounds <laughs> like that sounds like a Bruce Pritchard thing or something like that. <laughs> oh God, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, cool. There was a cool segment in this too, with the, the whole Sonny getting knocked off the apron and you weren't sure if she actually did get hurt. And then, uh, Billy yeah. goes out to check on her and then she pops right out after he gets jumped. And it was really showing that Sonny's going to be a pretty big dynamic in this tag team as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. She's, um, and then she eventually go with the smoking guns at some point. She, well, she does. She makes her rounds. She goes with the gun. She goes with the Godwins. She, she just makes goes rounds. All right. <laughs> You're right. I hear you saying <laughs> Six uh, sunny days. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we get a miscommunication by the body Donnas. The uh, the guns win, and I actually, my wife was at the time sitting with me watching it, and I said, you know, we were talking about wrestling today versus the old wrestling. I said, you want to see how different it is today? This is how deceivingly big these guys are. Like Billy Gunn in that ring, he's six foot six, I believe, six five, six six. Yeah. And he doesn't look like a giant in there. And he's moving like a lightweight. And um, you forget just back then just how big these dudes were. Yeah, he's like Hulk Hogan's size, yes, Billy Gunn. And and exactly. Bart is bigger than him, it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is portrayed as the stronger of the two. So and mm-hmm. Bart looked pretty good in this match too. I mean yeah. If, unfortunately, he's just the guy that got knocked out by Butterbean now. But yeah, yeah I thought he, he he worked his ass off too. And Chris Candido is great as well. Yeah. Just just a uh, a recipe for success. This match was poor Bart. He got a double whammy. He got genetted as far as the tag team goes, and then he 
kind of gets away from that because of the whole brawl for all, and then Butterbean just demolishes him. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Bart. Poor uh, Bart. Bart gun. Poor Bart. <laughs> pew, pew. All right. So from there, we're going to go to uh, Razor Ramon versus Gold Dust. And a big surprise right off the get go, we have a lady friend joining Gold Dust on the way mm. out to the ring. And even Vince and uh, Perfect weren't sure who this lady was. But of course, it's the debut of Marlena. Yes, with her uh, unlit cigar that she's pretending to smoke. I know. <laughs> I was waiting for them to do the old cigar in the eye trick, and I'm like, what's that going to do? Like, it's not like <laughs> she should have. Yeah, oh, very interesting. Man. What what'd you think about that dynamic? Because Goldust obviously is the uh, is praying, not praying, or is playing to the homophobia of some people. Yeah. And, uh, and to add a woman to his arm, do you think that, like, enhances it just because it's like oh you don't deserve a girl kind of thing yeah i i actually liked the dynamic i really did i thought it was fantastic at the time because the whole usher thing just wasn't really doing it for me it just didn't make sense the guy was not going to be physical to have that yeah guy that he's an androgynous character as they now are starting to portray Mm -hmm. uh, but we all know what he is supposed to be and then to have the the good looking lady with them, and she's you don't know what their relationship is. She gets involved a little bit once in a while, but not all the time. She's more of a uh, kind of Elizabeth ish, if you want to say, as opposed to a Sherry or something like that. So it, it yeah. made it interesting. And then just of course, then it's creeping everybody out at the end when they're making out and stuff <laughs> like that. You know? I mean, yeah, anybody making out like that is creepy, you know. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. And just to go to show what what the times are changing, as we say, uh, that point where uh, Goldust runs, rolls out of the ring and immediately, as soon as he turns and looks at the crowd, like some big fat guy is screaming the F word <laughs> you know, just yeah. right in his face, just like, all right. <laughs> guy would be like kicked out of the, re- the uh, arena. They'd be a... Oh, yeah. There'd be a, a trial going on right now. He'd be now. fired from his job. He'd be fired from his him. job. This guy's giving the double bird and call him the F word. And, uh, you know, Just, but um, what'd yeah. you think the match itself? How'd you think? Cause there's, there's this big rumor that Razor did not like working with Goldust, but I thought they looked really good together in that ring. Yeah. I thought the match was fine. Um, mm-hmm. To your point. Yeah. I mean, if there was some sort of uncomfortability, I mean, I'm sure it could have been better. Maybe it, mm-hmm. it wasn't as good as it could have been, but I mean, the story is what it is. It was Goldust yeah. trying to make Razor uncomfortable. And I think they mm-hmm. portrayed that perfectly with you know ray or gold dust you know getting out of a sleeper hold with you <laughs> yeah. know twerking and rubbing his chest and then yeah. rubbing razor's chest and slapping his ass so it was for what it was i mean i i enjoyed it i thought it was entertaining i thought it stood out among anything yes. else wwe has or wwf had done it in the past and all for the intercontinental championship at that and razor is always a treat to see he would have been my favorite had i grown up in this era but yes um i think this is, this is one of razor's last matches if i remember correctly not too era. many after this yeah he still has uh, his whole crybaby thing with uh mr mm. kid thanks to this match actually but uh um, yes. yeah i mean ironically this would probably when you think about it, this is an excellent opponent for him you got the guy who's you know mr macho you know the machismo and then you got the guy who's androgynous but it's it's dustin runnels i mean he's a six foot six cowboy who can move in there and is a great wrestler and i mean it's actually that's the beauty of that character it's not like it's some little guy that's playing this this is a big dude that actually can physically dominate you so that's even scarier when he's this crazy character 
I thought I thought it was a good dynamic dynamic. So it's it's unfortunate to hear that if that really was the case that uh, that uh, Scott Hall wasn't a fan of it because they could have had a great match at WrestleMania if, if it wasn't for this. We'd instead, we get the backlot brawl with uh, Piper. Yeah, I mean, it ended up fine. I mean, yes. Roddy Piper is, is never going to be something that I'm going to be bummed out to see. So um, <laughs> it ended up working out. But yeah, I agree. I think it could have been. And yeah, Gold, that's a good point. Gold does be a big guy because yeah, this this character would not have worked if he was just some twink, you know, right. out there in yes. gold. Yeah. And Razor, again, two more guys that are like this, uh, deceptively big in here, yes. both probably at least 6'5". So Razor's yeah. a legit 6'7", if you can believe that. Is he really? Jeez. Yes. I guess he's always next to Kevin Nash, so you yes. never really think about it. Yeah. And, I, and I've said this before, Razor had this unique ability that he seemed to be able to make himself smaller when he's in the ring with a smaller opponent, so that he wasn't towering over him. Like, when he's selling, yeah. he kind of closes his body in so he doesn't look as big, and it's it's a it's pretty, it's, it's a unique talent to have to do that. Oh, he's so good. I, I love his punches, too. Oh, Razor's. yeah. He, he has some of the best punches of all time, in my opinion. He's... I mean, he wasn't, like, the most polished guy in the ring, but his matches were always good. Well, not... I won't say always good, but for the most part, they were good. They were entertaining. He used machismo, as they say. Yeah, you know? for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we should mention that. So at the end of this, we have a little, again, two matches in a row. We got the women getting involved. We got Marlena doing some weird fake ankle injury that should not have distracted the referee for as long as it did. Uh, you've you've got uh, one, two, three kid who seemed like he was late to the party because it took a long time for him to get to the ring and, get up that top rope and then he does a spinning back kick that completely misses razor and razor has to sell it anyways and <laughs> perfect was smart enough to go he caught him with the back leg instead of the front leg on this one and luckily go. with the camera angle you couldn't tell her if it was or not but yeah it was um, a bit of a botch but you got a new ic champion and you know there you go get the guy who's got the most heat with the title around his waist yeah that's that's an iconic shot too in the career yes. of gold dust him with the intercontinental title licking marlena yeah <laughs> Just <laughs> off to the races with Goldie there. Uh, it's quite the run for Goldust coming up in the next couple of months. I mean, we get the the gold title, like the t- gold title belt. We get his whole thing with Ahmed. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So it should be interesting over the next little while. There, I, w- I would say Goldust at this point probably the best character in wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, most forward too, like compared to what's been going on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. kind of Attitude Era undertones to it. Yeah. It for off. sure. Yeah. Hey folks, it's BC here. I just want to say thank you for supporting Wrestling with the War. I really appreciate you tuning into this episode. And if you're looking for some more fantastic podcasts to listen to once you're done with this one, why don't you check out these great content creators we are proud to call friends of the show. Top of the Cage podcast, where Billy and Juice climb to the top to give you the best views of the latest news and storylines going on within WWE, NXT, AEW, and the independent scene. Wrestling World Podcast, hosted by Austin Boyer, who reviews WWE and AEW Weekly, giving his honest opinion on each storyline and everything happening in pro wrestling. And finally, Get Joe Podcast, as Just and his friends talk wrestling with humor. Thanks again, I hope you enjoy all of these selections. Alright, so from there we've got comments from some of the entrants in the Royal Rumble, just your basic stuff, basic, uh, I'm gonna win, you're gonna lose, that type of thing. And then we're going to the Rumble match, which usually is your main event, but because we've got the you know the title match with Brett and Taker, this is going to be the lead up. And honestly, at that time, it felt like the Royal Rumble wasn't that match wasn't as big as it is now. Like where it's like, here's your guy. Yeah. You know, is this it's this is the first year where really they crown the guy in this match. So uh, 
I, I won't go through every entrant or anything like that. Just a few highlights from it. Um, number one, it's the first Royal Rumble match for Triple H, who put on one hell of a performance. Lasted the Iron a, Man close to an hour. He never had one elimination, which is that's oh, fantastic. Really? That's funny. Yeah, and he looked so much better than most of the guys in that early part of the match. He he was. He was working with the ring. He wasn't even working with the guys. He was just doing so much stuff there to make it look like he was in jeopardy. He was the Dolph Ziggler of yes. this match. He was constantly like getting thrown over and saving himself, but it made him stand out. I mean, there's always that guy, you know, that that, that breakout guy who has who lasts a while, and he was that guy this year, and it seemed to end up okay for him, I guess. Yeah, well, and you can see why they really had him pegged there in '96 to win that king of the ring you know of course the curtain call changed all that but i mean you, you could tell he was he was setting himself above mm-hmm. everybody else at that point uh <laughs> vince struck me funny when uh bob holly comes over it's just kind of a half-hearted start your engines <laughs> as he's coming down <laughs> i mean he's all right how, how much can you expand on that oh he's gonna race around the oh no <laughs> oh, man. nascar I also have to admit, like, because they did it, they did the whole. Um, I think they showed a bunch of the wrestling war rooms before this, and and ironically, one of them was making fun of uh, Hogan and or the Huckster and the Nacho Man for their age. Yet in this Royal Rumble, we had Jake Roberts, uh, Jerry Lawler, Bob Backlund, Dory Funk Jr. So eh, I didn't hot, even think about that. That's hilarious. Hot calling kettle there, and I mean, uh, Dory Funk actually lasted longer than I thought. I thought he was just going to come in and be put out right away, but he. Uh, he got in there and, and lasted for a little while. Him and Bob Backlund going at it was kind of funny. It's a throwback to the old school days. What are your thoughts on Bob Backlund? You know, um, Bob is is a uh, what do I call him? Is he a guilty pleasure? A guilty a guilty pleasure. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like okay. right from the very first Royal Rumble that I ever saw live, like on pay per view, because uh, I remember I had to get my dad to take me to the local pub to watch it. That was the '93 Rumble. And that was the one where Bob Backlund came back. He lasted, like they, they mentioned it, he lasted an hour and something in the match. And the entire yeah. bar, who didn't even really know Bob Backlund, was chanting <laughs> Bob Backlund's name by the time he was finally eliminated. Everybody was cheering for him. They wanted him to win that match. And then mm-hmm. um, this whole crazy Bob Backlund character was just hilarious. The only thing I didn't like, ironically enough, is when he took the title off of Brett because I just thought it was, it was cheesy <laughs> and it was, uh, you know, I would rather see Owen take the title off him than Bob. Dude, it, was, it was crazy. Like watching Bob Backlund in this match, he was the world champion like a yes. little over a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's I know. <laughs> crazy. Now he's just on Raw. He'll just be in the audience uh, campaigning, I guess, to be president. Who knows? It's a waste of time. But yeah, I can never get into Bob Backlund myself. I know. I, I get him being a guilty pleasure. So another part of this rumble is you had, you know, that that spot in the middle where Vader comes in, just cleans house. And I mean, um, this felt like a breath of fresh air for WWF at this point. Like just all of a sudden this guy come from WCW who was a monster and who was legit comes in there. And all of a sudden it just felt like things just mm-hmm. kind of turned at that point. What, were you a fan of Vader? Um, I, so I, I think I've, only, I've mainly seen his later stuff. Um, yeah. I did see his tail end of WCW where there was some okay stuff there, but yeah. Um, as far as, I mean, this match goes, him coming into the ring when Yoko's Yokozuna's in there. I mean, Yoko dwarfs everybody in yeah. this match. Him and Mabel do. Do you think it was a mistake throwing Vader in there just to be compared to Yoko? Because Vader looks way smaller than Yoko. So does it make him look less intimidating, maybe? 
Well, especially since they already had the Mabel Yoko thing in the match too. So you already had yeah. two big guys. It, yeah, it would have been nice if if Yoko had just got eliminated. You're thinking, oh, thank God, now the the giant is out of there, and all of a sudden Vader comes out, right? Right. But yeah. uh, what pissed me off even more than that was Sean eliminating both Vader and Yoko at the same time. That was a joke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get Sean's the guy, but yeah, they could have. They could have just had Vader and Yoko take each other out. They could exactly. have basically done the same thing, but just like kind of teeter out of there. I don't know. But you know what'd be an interesting spot? Because that's like a, a thousand pounds of man meat right there that Sean's <laughs> dumping over the uh, <laughs> the top top rope. Well, what would happen if, say, the top rope had a snapped and the two of them went over? Would they count that as an elimination for the both? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Would the, would the second rope then become the top rope? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because that's never been done in a Royal Rumble. I wonder if they could get away with something like because that. Because they, they they never say the third rope or yes. the first rope. They the say top the top rope. rope. So if one's mm -hmm. it, then it becomes there we go. Next year, let's freshen up this Royal Rumble. Only two ropes. Let's you know what? It. They could do that with the women, and it would be less dangerous because god some of those eliminations that happen <laughs> yeah. with the women like when i see it like a candace LeRae get tossed over the top rope i'm like scared to death that she's gonna get seriously hurt yeah well they used to do that they used to be like you just had to get thrown out it didn't matter that's right rope. yeah mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i don't know man i don't know that'd be interesting but anyways yeah old hercules sean takes out the two biggest guys in rumble with ease with, with yeah, absolute yeah. ease 500 then, pounds in each arm yeah easy yeah and then uh, an interesting rule that wasn't um, enforced in this one is the fact that Vader came in and eliminated everybody of the Rumble after he was eliminated. Normally, that still counts as elimination, but apparently they decided not to do it this time. You're telling me WWE is being inconsistent with their rules? <laughs> <laughs> I will have none of that be smirching. Oh, my. They've had disqualifications in Royal Rumbles before, but sometimes you can just bring a whole shopping cart full of weapons. It's like, I know. what are we doing? <laughs> the other nice thing uh the other debut in this rumble was mr uh ringmaster himself steve austin mm. yet to be named stone cold i mean he again another breath of fresh air because he was like a house of fire in there and just flipping and flopping uh fun fact about this when he was eliminated he was not supposed to go out of the rumble at that point he was eliminated by fat too they didn't even get it on camera really it was just happening in the background but yeah according to him he was supposed to be in the final four of this rumble but uh, i guess <laughs> When he went to grab the top rope, it was wet, maybe from Yoko's sweat on there, and he slipped and, and, and didn't save himself. So yeah. that screwed some things up. You know, I recently learned that. So when I was watching this, I paid, I like rewound to watch it again. It looked yeah. like, it didn't look like a slip to me, but I mean, I believe it though. If he yeah. just like was supposed to catch it and slipped yeah. off, but it looked like a clean elimination from my standpoint. But I think he still had a pretty good run in this rumble. I don't know how many eliminations he had, but. He had a couple, he yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So he, yeah. he stood out. He felt like a star. And it was, it's like a small detail, but like in the opening video package, when they're like showing the possible people that could win this, like he had a little moment in there. So yep. it's like, and the fact that he's so early in this run, like he's still the ringmaster guy. Yes. So I think, mm -hmm. I think the ringmaster had more, like obviously it ended up how it was supposed to, but I mean, he wasn't just some jobber. Like he was still yes. stone cold. He just happened to be called the ringmaster. Well, I think perfect picked him as his pick for the win. So, you know, that's, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the stars of this rumble really were Sean, uh, Austin, uh, Doug, Triple Gilbert. H. Doug Gilbert was great. Yes. Yeah. Especially his tights. His tights were awesome. Oh. Have you ever seen Doug Gilbert's uh, promo on USWA when he basically calls Jerry Lawler a pedophile? <laughs> no, but I'm going to watch that immediately <laughs> after we get off. 
Yes. I'd suggest go look at that. That's <laughs> it's fantastic. The most awkward promo because like you can see like the, the announcer is just like, oh God, I've got to stop this somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Can't let the truth get out there. Oh man. But yeah. Uh yeah. And then of course Lawler hiding under the ring was always good for a good laugh there as well. Mm-hmm. Lawler with an epic uh, mullet at this time. Uh other other than that, there wasn't too much. I mean, there was the drama at the end. I maybe if Austin had to stuck around a bit longer. We might've had a back and forth with uh, Sean and Austin or something like this, but mm. really it just ended pretty quickly. And, in, and that sweet chin music to diesel was not well-placed. <laughs> diesel basically yeah. put himself over the top rope. I've seen worse though. Mm. I think there've been a lot worse eliminations, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. an eight foot tall bastard. How you got to kick super high to make it look believable, but yeah. And, and then the job done. Yeah, and then of course Big Daddy Cool, you know, he's not so cool. He's losing his cool. He's mm. you know, uh, then he's friends with Sean again. Then he's lingering, and you're like, okay, what's going to happen here? Old Razor or Diesel's lingering, and of course meets Undertaker in the hallway, and of course they got to go at it for a little bit, and uh, it doesn't really affect the match any. Just uh, just a little teaser, I guess we'll call it for yeah. what's to come with these two guys. I suppose so. Yeah, you don't really get that Undertaker entrance though, which no. I guess ultimately doesn't really matter, but I feel like it could have added something to it. I don't know. It sped things up. I can say that. <laughs> you know, Man, I could have used Diesel in, in the rest of that match to speed yeah. some things up. Could have had him uh, interfere maybe, I don't know, just 40 minutes in instead yeah. of 140. So I, like. I will say this. Yeah, so we got the the main event is Brett versus Taker for the title. Um, now, I am a, a massive Brett Mark, but I will say this is not one of Brett's best matches. It just they just mm-hmm. did not gel and they've and they've had good matches uh, in other times. But uh, just I don't know what it was about this match. It just seemed slow. It seemed plodding. Um, didn't really heat up. I think because we I think the pay-per-view before was. Bulldog and Brett, which was a great match. He had the blood and all that stuff, so it gave it a bit more of a mm-hmm. urgency. But this one, the, I think the most memorable part about this match is Vince saying the words facial appliance oh, about a thousand times. <laughs> What's a mask? That's not a mask. A facial appliance. Oh, my God. Stupid ass. As Ahmed's yeah. gone to the medical center and... <laughs> And he's got a facial appliance. I mean, come on, Vince. Like, it's like we get it. But yeah, it's, it's, I agree with you as far as this match goes. It was very plotting. It's interesting, though, because Brett and Diesel had a couple of awesome matches. I mean, yeah. definitely Diesel's best matches. I would, I would put it up there with some of Brett's best matches with Diesel. Yeah. And you would think the dynamic would kind of carry over to this. I mean, Undertaker, a more seasoned guy, I believe, right? Yep. Um, and I don't know. He just had to carry. Maybe there wasn't like a. Well, you have two baby faces too. I think that's so what it was. Yeah. The crowd doesn't know who to cheer for, so the energy's probably. And it's also the energy's probably low after the Royal Rumble because yes. I mean after that yeah. Royal Rumble is you're watching Dory Funk and the Headhunters just. The squat team. The squat <laughs> team, yeah. Um, bumble around for an hour, and then now you have this. So it's like. The energy kind of hindered this match a lot, but to be fair, the crowd didn't have a lot to get into. There was a lot of leg holds, a lot yeah. of uh, claws, and it was like, like I get the story they're trying to tell. I don't have a problem with like the premise of what they were doing. I think they just did it in such a dull way. Really. Yes, 
Yeah, I mean, when Undertaker's slapping that face claw on, you know there's going to be an issue at that point because that is just... <laughs> I just didn't understand that move, especially pulling it on Bret Hart. I mean, you should be dominating them physically, basically. But yeah. Yeah. I don't I know. And it, it, I was going to say, you even got some booze for Bret in the match, too. Yeah. I mean, because the, what the, were the booze like throughout them? Because I know there's a spot towards the end where like the, uh, the turn, the turn buckle. Yeah. Yeah. And, but there uh, was a couple. There was a smattering of booze, but then after the turnbuckle move, that's when you heard them. Do you think people are just tired of Bret Hart or do you think they're just Undertaker fans? I think there were a little bit of, I think there are Undertaker fans. I think there's been such a push for Sean that, you know, they want to see Sean get into this title pitch. Right. I think they right. realize this is kind of a, this is kind of a holdover match. I think, I don't think there's any doubt that Bret was going to win because the matchup's going to be Bret and Sean at WrestleMania. That's what they want to see. It's either going to be that or possibly Bret and D or um, Sean and diesel. But uh he knew it wasn't going to be Taker that was winning this match. So I think just all that, just the work in the leg, just even though in Diesel's match, Brett worked the leg, but he, it just seemed like there was more uh, urgency to the match when they did it. Yes. Yeah. It, it definitely felt like rest. There's rest holds. And then there's yeah. like su submissions. These felt like rest holds, like yeah. the entire match. It was just like, it was, it was at a point where it's like, okay, Brett's been working the leg for like 15 minutes there's no possible way they're just going to go back into our rest hold phase. <laughs> and yes. they do. And it's like, gosh, but, um, yeah, I mean, other, yeah, like, like you said, other than that, I don't really have a lot of notes other than, you know, Brett taking off undertaker's, uh, facial appliance and, uh, <laughs> ramming his face into the exposed <laughs> turnbuckle, which is, that was a fun little spot there. And that, but that yeah. kind of was the end of the match. Yeah. Cause then so. diesel comes, well, he, he gets the tombstone and diesel comes down and pulls a ref out and it's a DQ. And then, Diesel flips in the bird, which is okay. That's a little bit of attitude there. It's funny because Undertaker was saying at this time he was running out of opponents that he could do a believable match with, with the whole dead man gimmick. And of course, they're going to bring in Mick Foley shortly. And it just, yeah. that, re that rejuvenated the Undertaker, but also allowed him to become more human where he could have these matches where he's a bit more active and lively and physical. And that's why I think, because you get that match with Brett '97, where it's a much better match between the two of them, but but Undertaker's not doing that whole plotting dead man thing at that point. Right. Yeah, he's able to be like not a not Frankenstein. Right. Which you kind of go back like the claw is such like a I'm gonna suck the energy out of your face. It's like no, just do wrestling holds. Yeah, Mark. And I mean, and that works with like a Hulk Hogan who's going to Hulk up and sell it. But Brett's not a Hulk up kind of guy. Yeah. Brett's, Brett's a technician, right? So, yeah, it's uh, it's it, yeah, it's just I think it was just the timing of it just didn't work. And, and just it was slow. It was very slow. But yeah, after that's over, we get the fireworks. I, I don't know if you watched the the end part where they had that. Uh, I forget what they called it, but it was like basically the. Um, the post game oh, well. show is what you it call like it. Royal Rumble Plus or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So you got Grella Monsoon. Oh, by the way, have you ever noticed on um on uh Twitter the Grella Monsoon podcast? Have you ever seen that? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, Not it's so good. It's so good. It's um the guy who does our vantage point podcast. Um, so it's it's he does an old school eighties one, but he's he's using mm. AI to create a Grella Monsoon podcast. He does little <laughs> two minute episodes on Twitter checking out. I think it's 
Joe Morado, I think is his name or something like that. But it's the he does the Grand Monsoon podcast. It's fantastic. That's awesome. I love it's it. Him, him, he and me, Gene just talking, but it's all AI, but it's just, just great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we got Gorilla there, and he's uh, you know, one thing I did like about Gorilla at this time, he felt like authority. He felt like he was kind of in control of things. I mean, he's a big bastard, so he's he gonna do what he tells you to do. He is. And it's so sad because, you know, God, in what was it? three years time he's at wrestlemania and he's just he's full of cancer and it's just you know it's just it's hard yeah. to believe this big man that was in such a thing of authority so quickly went downhill but uh he announces that it's going to be uh diesel's the number one contender because of course he won the royal oh no he didn't win the royal Rumble match. so how did he get the number one contendership can you explain that one to me you know what i'd love to but uh <laughs> so let's see so he faces brett in the cage mm-hmm. I'm trying to think how they got there i don't i'm sure there was something that happened uh, yeah yeah i couldn't tell you i'll tell it's you a, what it's the same thing because diesel got a shot after wrestlemania after he lost undertaker yeah mm-hmm. for reasons for reasons well it's he's sean's buddy that's the click right but uh yeah so how they explain this how we're getting to a cage match so it, it's pretty fast moving actually they did pretty good in this so gorilla Mo- Monsoon mentions that it's going to be Diesel versus Brett for no reason. Diesel interfered in the match, so of course he's the number one contender right now. So it's going to be an in-your-house in February. Then our boy Doc Hendricks, gotta love having Doc on the show, interviews yeah. HBK, and HBK was just a, a blithering idiot at this point. Just, it's just again, like you said, it's like they're all like making jokes for themselves, but nobody else is in on the joke type of right. thing. Uh, they go back to Gorilla and Taker barges into the dress room and says that that Diesel will never be champion as long as Taker's alive or dead or whatever you want to call him. And that's when Gorilla says, well, if that's the case, then we're going to make this a cage match so that Taker can't interfere, which of course he finds a way to interfere in a very <laughs> classic way. It's you know, actually, you see Undertaker actually said, it'll be a cold day in hell before your WWE champion. <laughs> and then he pulls him into hell and the cage, it all comes together. It all comes together. Yeah. I love when a plan comes together. There we go. Um, and so then we go back to Doc with Diesel, who basically messes up his promo about 14 times and then makes some more goofy faces. And then we finish off with uh, old Todd with uh, Jim Cornette and, uh, and Vader uh, wrecking, wreaking havoc backstage. And you got to love Cornette, man. He fits about a thousand words into a 30-second promo, but it, it makes you feel like there's some urgency with this stuff, right? Uh, man, yeah. Him and him and Vader, they, they were a pair. They worked I mean, the they were both so cartoonish that it worked somehow. Yeah, they were all in on Vader at this point. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he had um, he had a little run there. I don't yeah. know where it went wrong. Maybe this match is Sean, but it was it, exactly there. It yeah. is with Sean. Sean complained about him, and that was it. He was done. Bob's your uncle. See you later. Yeah, yeah, the old Sean. That worked out well for Sean too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that wraps up Royal Rumble. So overall, I'm with you. Not the greatest show. There was a couple of bright spots. What was cool is that it just felt like a changing of the guard as far as some of the things. Um, unfortunately, yeah. Duke Duke didn't take advantage of that 30 spot. I thought he was going to win it, but uh, he was out pretty quickly, unfortunately. But uh, he really he hold brought on. the trash can. Oh, yeah. yeah I was going to say, he really threw that opportunity away in the trash because he's a trash <laughs> man. Yeah, right. I love it. There you go. That's why you have an, <laughs> that's why you have an award-winning podcast. In the ah, United. yeah. I gave, I gave it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh final thoughts on this royal rumble 1996 
Yeah, I mean, you said it. It's not the best show, but it's definitely, I guess, the rebuilding type of era. I mean, you see the stars there in hindsight, but they're not stars at this point. But um, they're they're investing. Where in WCW, I mean, it's just Flair and Hogan and Macho Man all over every Nitro, every pay-per-view. Whereas this, it seems like they're taking the time to, like, try to build new stars. And eventually they get there with a... A few uh, cold stones and a few uh, and a few uh, Triple H's. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's some good stuff in there. And after WrestleMania, you have like Mankind coming over yes. and Mark Marrow. And then it's yeah. the, the wrestling world seems to be in flux at that point. So, yeah, we're ramping up. We're ramping up for some good stuff. Definitely, definitely are. And um, yeah, it's ironic that you have two of those young, quote unquote, young stars of Diesel and Razor leave. And that really opens up things for for these this new blood to really take over so it was just a nice timing on everything that was happening so it's just cool to see the i guess the genesis of what was going on with all this and to see okay again we're we're watching it from eyes of yes we know that the ringmaster is going to become stone cold steve austin but if you're a wrestling fan back then we were aware of steve austin we knew what a good wrestler was so it's not like he just came out of the blue you know in that case and Again, it, it felt like these WCW guys, these cast-offs, quote-unquote, that they kind of brought some urgency to things because they're bringing that that style from down south where it's a, a more of a work rate, more uh, intense promos, stuff like that. And even at this time, Vince was given a little bit of leeway on the promos. So, yeah, interesting yeah. stuff, for sure. You, you yeah. could definitely see the seeds of attitude being planted. Here, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, uh, speaking of attitude, I appreciate you having a good attitude, but this one, uh, Kyle, because <laughs> just came on here and just gave me the uh, gave me the finger and said, "Screw you for this." <laughs> no, it's it's always a pleasure, and I'll talk any kind of wrestling with you. We'll do some XPW and some uh, Wrestling Society X next time too. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll let you pick the next one that that's a, so it's a oh, good boy. one that that you can uh, that you can attend there, or gonna... or I'll bring you on my show and we'll do something awful. On purpose. Yes. So. Hey, some hey, I'm always up for some old TNA stuff as well. So. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Don't threaten me with a good time. I used to love TNA back in the day. I still I still enjoy Impact now. They they do put on a fun product, but I just don't see them as often. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. TNA TNA back in the day when they were doing the old uh what was it, the weekly pay-per-view? Always a good time. Oh, that's that's back in the day. That's yeah. asylum TNA. We don't, yeah. we don't talk about that. Oh, you don't talk about that. Well, oh no, that's one day. One day I'll probably get to that. But uh, you, you kind of like in the aces and eights era and that kind of oh, stuff. Oh no, 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 no. We stay right in the middle. We stay oh, away we... from those. We stick right with the, you know the AJ and the Samoa Joe and the yeah. Jeff Jarrett and all that stuff. So, so like the seven star match era, you know that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with with a little Jeff Jarrett, you know, getting whipped by fans with belts <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> the old country whipping match. Yeah. Uh, one that. more. One more time, Kyle, I'll, I'll let you just let people know where they can reach you and, and then we'll get on out of here. Yes, sir. Apron Bump, the Apron Bump podcast, not Apron Bumps. That's a different podcast. <laughs> the Apron Bump podcast, uh, retro wrestling all across the world, uh, four different decades, companies big and small. If you like that kind of stuff, check it out. If you don't, well, go jump in a lake or something or whatever Canadians <laughs> threaten people to do but yeah apron bump on all the social medias and that's about all daddy has nice all right and for myself uh i've got lots going on uh obviously if you're listening to this podcast you found it so congratulations but feel free uh if you enjoyed the show to leave a comment leave a five-star review uh you know let us know what your thoughts were on the whole royal rumble 1996 if you felt the same way as us 
over on YouTube if you want to go over to uh, to one of my two YouTube channels. So there's Wrestling with the Truth, which covers the modern day stuff, just some fun stuff over there. You got Wrestling with the Wife on there, that kind of thing, and uh, some pay per view reviews and all kinds of different stuff. And then, of course, Wrestling with the 80s, which is my bread and butter. My love affair with wrestling is the old school 80s stuff. And uh, that one's going very well right now. So head on over and subscribe to that as well if you like old school classic 80s things. But on that note, I'm getting the sign from the booth that we're running out of time. So, Kyle, I appreciate you for joining us. And we're out of here. No, we'll that see you next week. That, that wasn't the sign I was giving you. Was... <laughs> but I guess we'll leave, too. We can we can stop. Stop, I guess, too. See you next week. <laughs>